0: Hey everyone, in case you haven't noticed, we live in some confusing, challenging, and changing times. It sure isn't easy to follow Jesus in 2021. How can we stay grounded in our faith, stay true to biblical convictions, and how can we become more like Christ and share him with the world around us? This is Real Christian Talk with Pastor Steve. Welcome! And thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Real Christian Talk. Should we as Christians support Israel? What degree of, of involvement do we believe God has with what is going on today with the modern state of Israel? Does God have any involvement? Does he care about the modern state of Israel? And what does it even mean for Christians to support Israel, if in fact they should? Those are the kinds of things that are on my heart to unpack in today's episode. So please join with me if you have a Bible around you by turning to the book of Zechariah, chapter 12. Reading verses 1-3 through says this, The burden of the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Thus declares the Lord, who stretched out the heavens and founded the earth, and formed the spirit of man within him. Behold, I am going to make Jerusalem a cup of staggering to all the surrounding peoples. The siege of Jerusalem will also be against Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will surely hurt themselves, and all the nations of the earth will gather against it. Then skipping down to verse 8, it says, On that day, the Lord will protect the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the feeblest among them on that day shall be like David in the house of David, shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord going before them. And on that day I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. I don't know about you, but I find that scripture profoundly prophetic and particularly relevant given all that has been taking place here in the last few days. In case you weren't aware, there's been a lot of trouble in the Middle East recently. The Middle East and the Middle East, quote, peace process have really been at the center of world tension and world attention for the last several decades, ever since 1948, when the modern state of Israel was officially declared. Ever since then, it has been one skirmish, one war after another, and according to much of international opinion, peace will simply never be a reality until Israel uh, lays down its arms, until Israel holds back with... Um, you know, retaliatory strikes until Israel is willing to do its part to make peace. At at least that's usually how the commentary goes. Israel typically uh, gets the blame for any of these wars or any of these skirmishes. And even now in the current conflict, we're definitely seeing uh, pressure beginning to build even here in the United States on Israel. Now, this latest conflict is certainly a, a sad and tragic one. There have been scores of civilians Many of whom uh, Palestinian civilians, children, there have been civilians on Israel's side, and there have been well over 2,500 rockets that have been fired from Hamas at Israeli cities, and the fighting has been going on and escalating for the last two weeks. And even recently, apparently Hamas did offer uh, to to uh, agree to a ceasefire, but Israel turned down that ceasefire. As with every time these incidents happen, civilians are getting killed as Israel launches strikes deep into uh, Hamas-held territory. And and often when these things happen, of course, the the pressure begins to to build, and the opinion turns more and more against uh, Israel. And typically. And these conflicts always get messy with the civilian aspect. You've got Hamas that is indiscriminately firing rockets. That if it were not for the U.S.-backed Iron Dome shield that the Israelis have, taking out 90 percent of those rockets, God only knows how many civilian casualties uh, the you know Palestinian militants would be inflicting on Israel right now. Um, but then at the same time, of course, you you've got uh, many civilians and collateral damage done when Israel strikes at Hamas locations because of dense population that is centered in the Palestinian-held areas. You've got, you know, Hamas that purposefully puts a lot of its weaponry and its bases around civilians, so it only further makes it even worse. And so you've got pressure building. The United Nations Security Council always typically tries to pass Uh, resolutions that put more of the blame on Israel for these conflicts, but the United States has always been the one steadfast ally of Israel that has blocked these UN Security Council resolutions. When the United States announced its recognition of the modern state of Israel, it was the first country in the world in 1948 to do so. And that has established a long-standing tradition where for the last several decades, there have been bipartisan agreement here in the United States that Israel, the Jewish state in the Middle East, the democracy, only democracy in the Middle East, must be supported and must be funded and protected by the United States and I uh, have watched as that is beginning to shift here in the last several years in the United States. And you can really see how U.S. support for Israel and uh, America's stance when these kind of conflicts arise is definitely changing. And we really do see that right now, particularly within the Democratic political party here in America. As President Biden thus far has maintained a message of supporting Israel's right to defend itself, he has been getting more and more pressure from the left-wing side of the Democratic Party. And it's not just the left-wing side of the Democratic Party that's, uh, that's been coming out more against Israel and, and, and saying that Israel is everything from an oppressor to an apartheid state. Uh, all of that, you combine that with uh, a lot of the demographics here in the United States where younger people typically see Israel as a human rights violator and are coming out more and more against Israel. And so things are definitely changing. Things are definitely shifting. And I suspect that in the coming years, we will see American support for Israel wane. But this all brings up a very important point. And I've seen this with, uh, you know, different Christians. And and that is what should be, uh, as those of us who believe in Jesus Christ and who follow the Bible as the word of God, what should our stance be as it relates to what's going on in the Middle East? How should we view the modern state of Israel? How should we view the Middle East conflict? And what should our role be? What should we, you know, be about? And there's a lot of facets to that that I wanted to um, you know, unpack here in this episode. Um, I, for one, uh, believe that God cares very much about Israel. Uh, I believe that you know, Scripture refers to Israel as the apple of God's eye. I believe that Jerusalem and that land, that land that is smaller than New Jersey, that is at the geographical center of the world, is also at the center of God's story and of God's heart. And I do not believe that that has shifted or changed Uh, because of of the years that have gone by or because of the current state of where Jews individually are spiritually as it relates to Jesus Christ. I believe that that every person, Jew or Gentile, needs to find redemption and salvation through placing his or her faith and trust in Jesus Christ and Jesus alone as the Messiah who came to die and rise again for our sins and who will return as the triumphal Messiah that the Jews in Jesus' day were looking for. So I'm very clear about that. However, does that mean, because of the current state of where Jews are spiritually as it relates to Jesus, does that mean as a Christian that we should believe that Israel is simply no longer part of God's plan? Or that God's promises to Israel are now annulled because of their rejection of Jesus? Should we therefore not see what's happening now in the Middle East as something that's important and poignant to our beliefs about Scripture? Some Christians believe that. Some Christians believe that the church has replaced Israel. Some Christians believe that the modern state of Israel is, is uh, not at all related to biblical Israel. And I simply will be putting out here on the record that I do not agree with that position. I do not believe it is coincidence when you examine the the promises that God gives concerning the Jewish people, concerning the land that is at the center of this drama, I do not write off what has happened in the modern age in the last 100 years as coincidence. I don't see how you can, but some people do. So let's unpack a couple of things. God made a series of covenants. Regardless again... Let's talk about the biblical side of things, and then we can talk about the political side of things. The biblical side of things must always be what grounds us as Christians. And the biblical side of things, in my view, is very clear. In Genesis chapter 12, God called Abraham to leave everything behind, all that was familiar, and go to a land he would show him. And God told Abraham that he was going to have a son, and through that son, he was going to have a nation. A nation that would be descended. And that nation, physically speaking, would be Israel, the Jewish people. And God promised numerous times in the Old Testament that the Jewish people, no matter how many would come to try and wipe them out, would never cease to exist as a unique and distinct people group. I think it's very significant that you and I could not go and meet with an Amorite today or a Canaanite or a Philistine. There are many people groups that existed long, long ago, that do not exist any longer. But the Jews do. And they do so despite numerous attempts throughout history to combat anti-Semitism to try and wipe them out. We see it in the Bible's story of Esther with Haman, and we've seen it with the modern-day story of Adolf Hitler. Throughout history, the Jewish people have always had to face attempts to see them be wiped out, to see them be wiped off the face of the earth and to no longer be a distinct and unique people. But the God of the Bible said that he would not allow the Jewish people to be wiped off the face of the earth and so despite numerous everything from from the spanish inquisition to persecution even from the so-called christian church to the holocaust the jewish people have remained and have persevered and have been preserved and i believe that was on purpose and so the the promises the covenants and this is the other thing we don't understand in the modern lingua what the word covenant means covenant is more than just a promise It is something that is to be unbreakable. And God made it very clear throughout the Old Testament that he had a promise, a covenant that he made with the Jewish people that I don't believe is at all tied to their personal salvation with Jesus Christ. God's promises to the Jews as a people continues even to this day. God also promised Abraham and made a covenant with his descendants that they would be given sovereignty over a land. A land that at the time had inhabitants called the Canaanites. And eventually, God would bring Abraham's descendants as his sword of judgment to remove them from the land and to have it as their homeland, as their promised land. And God specifically uses a phrase. He said it would be their everlasting possession. Their everlasting possession. That is the nature of the covenant that God has made for the Jewish people when it comes to the land. That he has said would be theirs. And yes, I do believe that that land, the land of Israel, is to be the homeland for the Jewish people then and now. Throughout Scripture, God promised and prophesied that the Jewish people would be dispersed, spread out from their land, spread out through the four corners of the earth, but would be brought back again. We saw that. We saw that in history when the Jews were taken into exile from Babylon in 586 BC. But then they were brought back to their land. They were restored 70 years later. And then the Jews were dispersed again from their land in the year 70 AD. They were dispersed from there to the four corners of the earth. But after a, a, a Zionist movement began in the late 19th century that gradually gained steam after World War I, the Jewish people were finally given a land back to them that was part of the land God had promised in 1948. So I don't believe it's coincidence that 2,000 years later, the Jewish people are again being brought back to their land. It is simply impossible to be acquainted with, with Scripture and come away believing that Israel is not still a very key part in the unfolding drama that is God's story. I simply do not believe that that is coincidence that can be written off. It's impossible to come away from from taking a serious look at Scripture and believing that God's done with Israel. In fact, in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 11, after the Apostle Paul, who was Jewish, lamented the fact that his people up to that point were for the most part rejecting Jesus, the Apostle Paul celebrated believing in faith that, that Israel would one day be saved. He makes the statement in Romans chapter 11, Verses 25 and 26 that one day Israel would be saved, that Israel would recognize that Jesus is, in fact, the promised Messiah. And so, yes, I do believe that the church, spiritually speaking, is God's people, but I also believe that God is not done with Israel that God is not done with the Jewish people. And the passage of Scripture that I open this episode with in Zechariah chapter 12 gives a prophetic outlook, a prophetic picture of what we can expect as we get close to the triumphal return of Jesus Christ. In Zechariah chapter 12, God makes it very clear that when it comes to Israel... He gets very personal and very serious about it. He makes it clear that one day Jerusalem is going to be an immovable stone that causes staggering, that causes reeling, that causes tension and stress to all the surrounding peoples around it. And he also makes it clear that all the nations that will one day gather against Israel will not be successful in destroying her. And boy, have we continued to see that ever since. But Zechariah 12 also, also talks, if you read on, that there would be a spiritual revival. It goes on in chapter 12 to talk about how the Jewish people would would come to recognize and realize that Jesus is the promised Messiah. It says that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon them, and that they would come to recognize Yeshua as the Messiah, and that before... Uh, Israel is able to be destroyed, Yeshua, Jesus, will return in triumph and glory on the Mount of Olives and will deliver them yet again. So biblically speaking, spiritually speaking, I don't believe it's possible to take the Bible seriously and not be in awe of what we are witnessing in our lifetime. You know, I've heard it said before, one of the best proofs or evidences for the existence of God is Israel. The God of the Bible shows himself to be real even in our time as we are witnessing since 1948 the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. And just as we have seen the regathering of the Jews to the land of Israel, we are also seeing the fulfillment of nations coming against Jerusalem and against Israel. God says in Genesis chapter 12, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. I believe that one of the principal reasons the United States of America has been in the position it has been in since the end of World War II is the pivotal role the United States of America has played in supporting Israel. And I believe that if and when, and I do believe it is inevitable that when America turns its back on Israel, we will do so to our own peril. Now that's the spiritual side of things. What about the geopolitical side of things? When you look at the history of it all, in 1948, the United Nations had decided to answer the dilemma of how to have a homeland for the Jewish people and have a Palestinian state by coming up with a, a, a partition plant of a two-state solution where there would be one Jewish and one Arab. The Israeli-Jewish side accepted the terms of the plan, the Arab side rejected it, and launched a war along with other Arab nations to try and destroy Israel from its conception. But that attempt failed, along with every other attempt to destroy Israel since. In the 1967 Six-Day War, Israel was able to recapture the city of Jerusalem bringing Jewish sovereignty over Jerusalem for the first time, well, since before the exile of the Jews in 586 BC. And yet, ever since then, Israel and the Palestinians have been stuck in this quagmire of trying to come up with peace with the United States and with the world pressuring for there to be a Palestinian state. To be clear, when one looks at the geopolitical map, there never has been a Palestinian state. There have been Arabs that have lived there and around there, but there never has been a Palestinian state. And in some of the territory that was captured by Israel in the 1967 Six-Day War, originally were that were part of the country of Jordan, there never was talk when Arabs living in that part that is now Gaza of a Palestinian state or Palestinian citizenship. Only after Israel agreed to give away land in the promise and hope for peace did that term be used to describe the inhabitants that are now living in that part of the world. The reality is that Israel throughout its history since 1948 has been willing to give up territory in the hope of there being peace. Israel returned the the Sinai Peninsula to Egypt After the 1973 war with Egypt, Israel was willing to give Gaza and the West Bank back, and yet since then... Hamas, a terrorist organization that refuses to recognize Israel's right to exist, has seized power in those areas, and that right now, today, is where the rockets are coming from that are hitting Israeli cities indiscriminately. In the year 2000 and 2008, Israel offered a state to the Palestinians. Israel offered uh, an agreement at the Camp David Accords that President Bill Clinton hosted in 2000 that included 97 to 98% of what the Palestinian side had demanded. And yet Yasser Arafat turned down that deal. And there never has been another real legitimate shot since. Now, I am not one to say that Israel is faultless when it comes to its history. But I do believe, both biblically and geopolitically, that Israel has a right to exist, that Israel uh, has a right to defend itself, because I know that if thousands of rockets were hitting Texas right now from Mexico, the United States would certainly be responding. And I believe biblically that God has mandated for there to be Jewish sovereignty over this small strip of land that's at the heart of of all of this drama. But does support for Israel as a Christian, does support for Israel as a Christian mean that that we have to condone everything that Israel does or believe that Israel is faultless or fail to call out Israel when Israel needs to be called out? But I do reject the narrative that continues to put the blame on Israel that always seems to be what is the dominant narrative Every time, there happens to be another flashpoint in Middle East tensions. Because the reality is, from a geopolitical standpoint, one cannot look at the history of the last seven decades and not see that Israel has been willing to try and make concessions to live in peace with its neighbors. The problem is that when your neighbors do not believe that you have the right to exist, that may make it a little complicated to arrive at peace. And biblically speaking as a Christian, I believe we are obligated to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are obligated to bless Israel and to recognize that Israel remains at the center of God's heart and of God's story in what is to unfold. And I believe as Christians, it is important that we do have compassion and that we do have love and sympathy for those of both Jewish and Arab descent who are at the center of these conflicts. And most importantly, we should always be wanting to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, with both the Jews and Arabs, because the reality is, and the ultimate tragic irony, is that when you look in Genesis, all of these conflicts, all of this between the Jews and the Arabs, goes back to a family quarrel that went terribly wrong. And as Christians, in Christ, Part of the gospel that is truly incredible is that God is one day going to bring Jew and Arab, Gentile and Jew together as one people in Christ. And that is part of what God is doing even now. And I believe what we are witnessing is setting us up for the last act in the grand play of what God is getting ready to unveil as we get closer to the return of our Lord our Savior. So as I conclude every episode, I want to encourage you all from 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 13 through 14 to stand firm in your faith and let everything that you do be done in love. God bless.